Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of the Scratch Track Podcast presented by the Dude and Grim Show and co-produced by Mr. I-V-E-S-T. I am the dude. And I am Grim. And today we are going to talk about our Blue Weekend by Wolf Alice. Hold it up, dude. Holding it up. Any Anything oh. special about the vinyl? No, nothing special. Classic black. Um, yeah, it's just like regular edition. Nice. But sometimes it, it, the regular it, ass edition is all you need. Dude, classic black. Um, yeah, I mean, this was one of, uh, you know, last year when we kind of started doing our first impressions, that was this was one of the first ones we did St. Vincent's Daddy's Home, which that scratch album uh, just episode came out a couple weeks ago. And then we did all Wolf Alice. I think they came out right around the same time. Yeah, this was June, and I believe St. Vincent was early July-ish. Okay. I think, or late June. But yeah, pretty close to when they came out. And I I was looking at a lot of of lists from 2021 because um, both of those I would rate very highly. Now, this album, according to a lot of critics, like really... um, Dude. Really was well received. I think in this the list, Metacritic score was like ninety six out of hundred. Yeah, and I think <laughs> um, for these, for a lot of these, they list thirteen um, publications that do year end lists, and this album never got lower than number eight. Jeez, yeah. Well, to be honest, it is. It's my second favorite, second favorite, second favorite album of last year, only um, trailing. Uh, Parquet Quartz's. Uh, oh yeah, I forget the name of the album, but yeah. That, other than that, that was my favorite album. This was this was my Sympathy second, and for even life. for me, between them, it was it was close. Um, it was. There's, I don't know. I I'd never really listened to Wolf Alice. I'd much, never even heard and, of him, honestly. Yeah, um, and and our our buddy uh, Ivest told us about it. And I was like, you know, of course I go into stuff like that. Like, oh, okay, I'll mm-hmm. listen to it. Blah, blah, blah. This and one really like, put the hook in you though, didn't it? Yeah. I do something about it, man. I, I really, really dug it, dude. I don't know. I think it's, I, I really like her voice a lot. Yeah. The, the production, the production on it is very good. Oh dude. Great um, look. You know, good drummer. Great. Yeah. But, uh, Marcus Draves, I believe that's how you say his name. Yeah, who is dude worked with some no slouch some top acts as a producer no. Um, by no. by no means and really showing some chops for sure. Um, so if you like uh, Wolf Alice, take a listen to the first impression and see where it leads here. And at the same time, maybe go ahead and like, subscribe, and comment below because we got lots of episodes dude this uh, this episode is i think we're close to like the 180s so wow. we're cl- we're closing in on 200 episodes on the scratch a track podcast presented by the dude and grim show presented by full spectrum media productions <laughs> and yep. co-produced by ivsc it is cool though that um when you're you know when you write up about this and you talk about critical reception um that you can use phrases like universal acclaim. That's a, that's a pretty, pretty telling and good phrase to use. Um, if, if that's the overwhelming sentiment from the critics, because a lot of them, um, you know, I disagree with a lot of things they say. I'm sure a lot of people do, but not this. No, no, they actually get, they got one, right. Well, we'll give them, we'll give them credit there. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Um, 
But, you know, it was interesting because there wasn't a ton of information out there. I did find some interviews. Um, There's some video interviews and stuff that, that I was able to check out. And really what, you know, kind of what I learned is, you know, they'd been touring for almost two years, um, wow. kind of pr- promoting their second album, uh, Visions, uh, Visions of a Life, Visions of a Life, I believe. Inner um, Visions. I could have mistyped that. Yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so after the tour, though, they took like I think they took they said took six months off or so. And then they kind of started talking about, you know, getting together and music again. And then they started jamming. And But it sounded like it did songs. not last for six months, the break. No, no, I, I think, you know, they kind of did their own thing for a bit, but then they kind of came back together and they were just like, you know, people had written stuff and, you know, they're just having fun playing playing music again. So, well, yeah, like, and, must, and they probably well join up. Figured, you know, we better release something in 2021 because there's going to be a lot of competition like Little Yachty with Michigan Boy Boat. Um, That April 23rd release is a real classic. (laughs) So if you've missed that, I'd highly recommend going back and checking that out. Yeah. Yeah. But one thing that's kind of cool is most of it was actually recorded during the heavy quarantine period um, during the pandemic, which... Um, I think that would have been a phenomenal way to spend during that time where it was like shelter in place. Yeah. Well, essentially that's, I, they, they went to Brussels to ICP studios and I think that's where they started doing stuff. And Brussels was one of the first countries to actually go on yeah. like a full, full lockdown, Belgium. but, but this, um, yeah, yeah. Belgium, sorry. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, but this, the way they kind of described this, the ICP studios was like, it was like really fancy and high end. And it was just like a big compound. There was like, they had living space, a kitchen, a gym and a garden. Dude, have you and seen pictures of this place? No. I, I looked it up and it is just beautiful. I mean, really? it is fantastic. Yeah. It looks so Dude. cool. Yeah, well, they. I hope it was because apparently they were there for like three to four months. Oh, dude, <laughs> I mean, awesome. but but you know the the lead singer. Um, I don't know how to say her last name. It's Ellie. Oh. Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> First name Wolf, last name Alice. Yeah. yeah, duh. But Ellie, you know, she said that it was it was really nice kind of being in the studio, not feeling rushed. Yeah, sure. And feeling like, hey, we have time. We have times to try, you know, hey, let's let's try this out. Let's maybe do this a little different and this a little different. Um, And, you know, I think that I just feel like this album, again, the production is great. It just feels very polished. Oh, yeah. Very, very polished. Very dreamy. Dreamy. ICP Studios. And it always, you know, my first question is, was it founded by and financed insane. by Insane Clown Posse? Posse. Um, it looks or, like a pretty amazing studio for, you know, most of their uh, their catalog of just um, fascinating <laughs> <Amazing> work. work. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. Very fascinating. Yeah. You know, it's uh, their audience has just become a little more selective, I think, <laughs> yeah. over the years. Um, yeah. You know, you kids you know teenagers see them on stage and they have armadillos in the trousers <laughs> yeah. so yeah um but yeah i mean i didn't find a whole bunch of other information um so i don't i don't have any anything much about the recording process but 
um yeah it sounds like you know they were just in isolation man and they just recorded did you and, I mean, read yeah. how they got the name for the band i did not well okay before i get to that i will say i was um so i think they got a mercury prize for this record when everything was all said and done or at least they were okay. immediately like in the running for for 2021 but they had already got that before with some of their earlier work so okay. I think at certainly in um I think the Mercury Prize that's a UK thing, isn't it? It's probably an Eastern thing at the very least. <laughs> Far from it. But um yeah, so they were already like on a lot of people's radar. And I guess with this and the promotion about it, which dude, did you watch any of the videos? I didn't. Slacked. Well, the videos, I guess somebody um, made a film mm. that that kind of goes with the whole album. And uh, it's very, it very much seems like a blue weekend. There's a lot of people drinking and smoking and riding around in taxis and being in bars. And some of the characters kind of pop up in the different videos throughout the thing. Okay. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it definitely has a vibe that, that whole okay. series of videos. Well, 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 one interview that I did see, um, they were being interviewed in a pub and apparently that pub is where they shot, they've shot multiple music oh. videos and they're like, oh yeah, we shot that one or part of that scene, like over in this corner and over in this corner and everything. Um, and I, I just thought that was, that was kind of cool. So it was, yeah, some pub, I think. Um, in Northern London, I is it like their local the, watering the, hole? Because that would be cool. I, th- I, I imagine it, it. It is. I mean, otherwise, I don't know why you'd you know go there. Yeah. So um, the name, dude. Name. So yeah. everyone's familiar with the whole bit, um, like Dark Side of the Rainbow. You know, where you yes. listen to Dark Side of the Moon overlaid with the Wizard of Oz, and some pretty interesting coincidences happen. Well. I think this group decided, what if we were to watch Alice in Wonderland and overlaid it with Wolf Mother's self-titled album from 2005? And dude, some some crazy dude, stuff happens like that. Dude, seriously insane. And then you get a name like Wolf <laughs> Alice. Dude, I think we should do that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Let's call Tony, see if we can get some doses, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's wow. That's wild, man. Uh, makes me want to try it. Yeah, it actually that is in no way uh, a factual statement. I just I wanted to oh. see if I could carry it out. I kind of yeah. felt like I shouldn't have said anything because if people um, yeah. were listening to the whole episode, I was waiting for some just serious outrage. Like people would be mad that I said that. Even though I think was, some people would be like, oh, yeah, no, I did. I've done that. It's yeah. Great. It's <laughs> yeah. Good. yeah. I expected more no, backlash than anything else. It's really cool if you play it backwards and upside down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, dude, there's this um, documentary on The Shining. It's called Room 237. Oh, I think I watched that. Yeah. Yeah, you may have. And there's people who what they did was is they took The Shining and they took two projectors and they shine two images onto the same it. screen, but, but but one went forward and one went backward, and just like the images that overlay at certain times are like fairly pretty trippy. Whoa, yeah, whoa, so roll that up and smoke it. <laughs> yeah, uh, legally. Yeah. So, anyways, 
Legally. Yeah. Because yeah. we only do legal things here on the Dude and Grim show. But in all seriousness, um, in reading about them, I, it was interesting that they started out, it sounds like um, the main singer and I believe the guitar player met at an open mic. And this is not joking. Um but yeah. met at an open mic and started kind of playing that way as just like a duo. And there are times in the album when we get into the songs that I think uh, I think it's cool because everything is stripped down enough where it kind of goes back to that a little bit, which okay. I, I think is, yeah. is uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. It's almost like a singer-songwriter type of you know, a little duet. Yeah. Action. And you know, yeah. an interesting, I, I don't really know how I would categorize the music. Yeah. I, so I was looking over, um, my notes from the, our first impression episode and just like trying to remind myself like what we talked about and everything. And one of the things was, I was like, gosh, you know, this band doesn't really remind me of anyone. Yeah. I can't be like, like, like it just doesn't, they have a, a very, it's it's a unique sound, but it's also it's but not in a way where you're like not like Mr. Bungle, right? Yes, <laughs> I think it's really it's, approachable. Uh, yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. So, um, I don't know, Graham. You want to get into the tracks? Yeah. Oh, um, oh, I guess somebody described the early material as folk tinged pop. Hmm. That became more rock oriented after the rhythm rhythm section joined. I think that's pretty fair. I could see that. And you know, it's right, crazy. Right. They've only been around for a few years. Already got some former members. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you gotta upgrade. <laughs> sort of. Yeah. I don't know the backstory of why people left, but it always is interesting when members do leave bands and then the band like blows up and you're like oh man if you, you kind of just would have like oh dude stuck stuck that out yeah like whatever happened to pete best the dude who was the drummer in the beatles or Stuart yeah. Sutcliffe? like either of those guys yeah. must have been like you know, like <laughs> I, sorry guys i can't make to practice i guess i'm better to do yeah all right uh, well cool <laughs> good luck on the Ed sullivan show yeah, yeah. Uh, so track number one, Grim, the beach, the beach, not, not to be confused with, uh, the Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's interesting that I always find it interesting when albums fade in and this one does that. And I, I'm not always a fan of it either. I but. know, but I kind of like it because with the way that the rest of it is kind of so big, and spacey mm -hmm. and dreamy you'd almost expect like a very pink floyd type of intro but you don't sure. have that which i think is cool and kind of goes back to their beginning in a way for me at least sonically because it comes in very much with just a uh, simple guitar and uh it, it slowly builds right it does and a lot of their I, I, i'm not going to say a lot of their songs are the same I'm going to say a lot of their songs do, they kind of start off bare bones and almost how you were saying, like, you know, it's, it's her singing with maybe another, another part, another instrument, whether it's a, just the guitar or it's the piano. Um, and then they build and build and build. Yeah, I find yeah. a lot of their songs really just kind of do that. And before you know it, all of a sudden there's just 
a bunch of layers. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, when did that happen? And, and they, so. they kind of have a, a, a pattern of going back and forth between these they, sort they of do. sparse and, and building. Yep. But yep. yeah, a good, uh, a good one. Good one to start well, with. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because like right as the song like climaxes, it just kind of cuts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we go right into delicious things. Um, yeah, I was watching their interview. Um, and this guy was kind of asking, I think he was referring to this song and talking a lot about LA and, and how people get sort of drawn into LA and fascinated, even if they're other countries and in Hollywood, like they just go there and there's something, you know, if people like, or they're thinking, Oh, I'm thinking about moving to LA. I think about moving to LA. Cause it's just kind of like, that's where everybody is. Who's a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. There's there's a big mass of people who are doing sort of that creative stuff, and probably the weather has something to do with it too. But, um, but it's to me, it just kind of seemed about seemed to this song is about sort of, you know, she talks about going to L.A. She can't believe she's there, and she like runs into this guy, and they're talking, but he's like really superficial. He and I think she sings something like you know he he rolls his eyes and cuts a selfish line of blow. Oh wow! <laughs> and then uh, you know he was there. He was here for one thing. If he can't uh, get it, then he'll go. Yeah. And uh, is that the one know, where I, she I, says that's that line where she says give it a go? I think so. I think yeah. So I like that. I one. think so. I, I, I like yeah. the way that line kind of rolls off the tongue. Yeah. But like you were saying, this song, this is it. It, it does kind of go in waves and transitions. I really do like their transitions. They flow really nice. Um, there's not a lot of like awkward transitions or sharp transitions. Yeah, it is there, definitely not sharp. It, yeah. Um, so and and with her, man, I, I feel like her. It, it was interesting listening to her in the interviews because I was trying to match her voice up in the interviews with how she sings, oh. and I kind I kind of couldn't couldn't do it. And uh, I had tickets to see them um, uh, live, and I couldn't make it to the show. Oh bummer! And I, I would have been really interested to see um, how she sings live because her vocals are very layered. Yeah, I listen and, and, and lots of space. I listened to a couple things, and they do. Uh, they had a background or, or somebody who sang with her, which um, okay. I thought was nice. But they didn't try to completely, you know do that or at least it didn't sound like it in what i listened to uh which i thought was cool because you know people should be able to to separate what you can do in the controlled space of a studio and versus what you can do as a live act and i i don't think that those two things should be like you're you're really good if you can do one and and the others different than than you know yeah. it, it's they're they're two different sort of yeah. forms of art within the same sport sure well i'd really like to see and hear what that sounds like too because um because i feel like her voice in the it, it's it's you typically is very front and center yeah and and i would like to hear um you know, I, I think it would be a different sound um, to, you know, if, if you kind of strip that back a little bit, like, how does it sound? Well, it's still mixed right. I will tell you, it, it is. That's good. It is still mixed right. At least what well, I heard. Good. But, dude, I'll tell you, even though you couldn't make it, uh, this fantastic website called YouTube has a lot of videos of them doing I bet they do. various Probably things at several yeah. points throughout their career. 
Wow. I'll have to check this. Send me a link. Yeah. 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 Um, a URL. Well, yeah. URL. Well, then um, I really do like uh, there is a nice flow um, transition between delicious things right in the lipstick yes. on the glass. It is a it's a beautiful transition. Dude, really and is. to me, that is uh, I that is my favorite intro, maybe my favorite okay. song on the album. But I, I really that was the one when I listened to it. I mean, I, I had liked what I heard up to that point, mm-hmm. but that was the spot where the I got I got fish hooked. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, it, it, it does grab you for sure. And I was going to ask you, because I remember during our first impressions, I think you said this was this was your favorite song. And so you, you still think it is your favorite. Yep. Yep. I'm going to I'm going to stick with that statement. OK. You know, I found it really interesting. The the singles that they chose for this album and this not being one of them. Yeah. What did they choose? Uh, Smile, no hard feelings. Mm. Last Man on Earth, Smile, No Hard Feelings, and uh, How Can I Make It Okay. I I don't know, man. I don't know that I would have chose any of those. Yeah. What, I, what do I know? But I mean, you know, just from an opinion standpoint. Yeah. I just, to, to me, this is, to me, I feel like this is the most overall powerful yeah. song on the album. Um, I, I just, it it just flows and hits. To me, hits, if you're, it's really nice. If they were going to release one of the, two that are kind of heavier i definitely would have put out play the greatest hits over smile but sure sure yeah i could see that so smile Uh, is the next track smile um to me that is that whole song is is very different from anything else because it's almost completely riff based much like in the way that like rage against the machine it's all based off that riff there's not a lot of like playing chords and you know what i mean okay and it's very very much riff based yeah and i mean i think it's their uh, whole lot of love is what the critics say oh okay <laughs> okay okay uh you need some cooling i'm not fooling um so i would say uh yeah i mean up to this point we have not we hadn't heard a song like this so it's it's a great contrast dude the fuzz on the guitar is oh, awesome yeah. Um, you know, she sings the song with a lot of edge and attitude, which again is there's that's that's a great contrast to the to the previous songs I that we've think had. She even has point. some swear words in it too. I think she does. Mm-hmm. So parental advisory, yeah. lyrics. Get the earmuffs um, out. Exactly. So but yeah, this was when I first when we did our first impressions, this was my favorite song. Oh, okay. I really, really okay. liked it. Yep. Um and then we go to like a complete, um, I guess I would say other, you know, even a deeper contrast. And that is uh, safe from heartbreak uh, in parens. Uh, if you never fall in love. Um, to me, this really goes back to what I would consider, at least from what I read, the origins of like the sound. Because especially in the beginning, it's just her singing in the acoustic guitar. Yeah, absolutely. And. I believe this is really the, I mean, it's, um, uh, you know, with, with the acoustic, I don't, we haven't even heard, I don't think the acoustic up to this point, have we? Uh, I mean, no, I don't, I don't believe so. And so, I think this certainly not like this <laughs> And this may, Oh, uh, maybe, I don't know the, to me, I can't, sometimes I can't tell if, uh, the intro for the beach has a little bit of acoustic overlaid on it or not, uh, but either way. Um, yeah, yeah. This this is is certainly you're not questioning it, and it's quite prominent. 
Yeah. So the story I kind of heard behind this song was the lead singer, Ellie. Her brother played a song by a band called The Roaches. Okay. You know no, I don't. Okay. Okay, either do I. And she said that she just really loved, like, the, the dry layered vocals, and she wanted to do something like that. Now, now when I hear this, though, I don't think of... I, I guess I wasn't like, oh, these are dry layered vocals. I'm not even maybe even exactly sure what that uh, sort of means. It means that there isn't, they're not as heavy in reverb or delay. Reverb or or delay. I felt like they're but okay. basically effects, effects, and and even when you're like, if you go into or like a pedal, um, mm-hmm. I think I have one here. But a lot of times on a pedal. Uh, they'll either say blend or a lot of them will have one that just says dry and wet on one side. And that's just like kind of the universal term for how much of the effect is applied. I know digitally when you're uh, editing in Pro Tools, if you use a reverb plugin, it definitely has a dry, wet sort of percentage or toggle. Well, you know what they say about the vet. Guess what? Like, yeah. Yeah. This likes Bill. Bill Jesus. <laughs> so I think if I ever make a pedal, I'm just under the, the blend or the, the, the I'm just going to put a Corvette under there. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I some, uh, Corvette yeah, on one right. side and a cactus on the other. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, all right, Grim. How can I make it? Okay. Okay. There's um, something in the way that the song has an intro. It just it for some reason the way those chords are. I and this might sound wrong, and I can't put my finger on what it is, but it's it has a, a vibe of like Fleetwood Mac to me. Dude, it's so funny you say that because I was gonna say, dude, there's times where she really sounds like Stevie Nicks. Yeah, um, and this song for and- me just just has that. Dude, sound. to me it's it's just to me it just has such an 80s feel it, like such an 80s well feel and this and, oh yeah yeah and this would have been this, when i say fleetwood mac i'm not talking about the late 60s when they were a blues band i'm talking more in the 70s when they re-released their self-titled album actually they just made a new self-titled album. album yeah so, so it's kind of like ah oh, what's your favorite fleetwood mac album fleetwood uh, mac the early one no but which one yeah the early one yeah um yeah and i would say that um you know when i first heard this i thought the part um when she was singing like how can i yeah make it that felt a little sort of gimmicky to me but Mm -hmm. now i just when i heard it again like i've heard it i've listened to this album so many times since we did our first impression albums it's just kind of funny you're gonna wear out Uh, that vinyl yeah oh it's getting there man yeah it's my name. Yeah. Don't wear it out. It's my name. Yeah. Um, now, Grim, oh, play the greatest. Hit. Before we do that, another notable part of this is kind of how they have that really thick sort of riff. Not as distorted. Yeah. I can't yeah. say what that reminds me of. A lot of things I've heard stuff like that in the Shins and in uh, okay. some Auerbach, Ray Lamonte. Like just that sort of sentiment is is a nice notable contrast, I guess, in the song. I would say, and it in that part did not remind me of Fleetwood Mac. No, the second first self titled album. No. Um, so play the greatest hits. Um, this uh, again, this this song is 
what I, I guess it's one of the things I like about this album is, you know, the first couple of songs kind of, you could say they kind of go together. You know, we were just talking about the Velvet Underground album yep. where we talk about the first three songs. I feel like those first three really flow together mm-hmm. really well. Yeah. And then you get, then you get some variety, but man, every song since then has been very different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Agreed. And this one has more of a, I don't know, punkier, edgier kind of tone oh, yeah. and sound to it, man. It, it really does. Yeah, it is. It is the closest thing to punk for sure. And it's it, yeah. it, to me, it, it doesn't. I don't get the sort of wave ebb and flow feeling like you do with Smile. No, there's transitions. Yeah, um, but, it's, but it's it's, it's, it's just not, more. It just kind of hits throughout. Yeah, it doesn't flow. Well, and one thing that stands out to me, and I, I think I said this in our, our first impressions, was it has this, um, it, there's parts of it that really mind, remind me of the Nine Inch Nails is the perfect drug. Oh. Where um, part of the transition, but it's where there's like, they do this guitar, like, um, I think it's more like string plucking and and um, the strings together, the way they like, um, just kind of pair them in the song. It just has a, like a really strange sound. Um, and it just, when I heard that, it just really reminded me. I really thought you were going to say closer. No, (laughs) um, you know, the, the one thing I guess that is maybe a little cheesy in this song is sort of the clapping. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously they were heavily influenced by, uh, the band more by their song. Oh, really? I was, yeah, I was going to say that the Mickey Mouse club, the, the TR, uh, 808 clap sound. I mean, that just really permeates through. Um, all right. Track number eight, feeling myself. Um, yeah, dude, this song is, is very chill. Do you know, like what they're playing in the beginning? Um, I don't know if it's like an organ or. Oh, or is, is that it, the one uh, it, that's got is the it, um, the Wurlitzer intro? Is yeah. it the Wurlitzer? Okay. I wrote yeah, that down. The intro. Yeah. Okay. And it's got a I little was, bit of a room sound to it. And I actually looked on the personnel and it does list um, the lead singer, Alice, as playing a Wurlitzer. <laughs> it's, uh, it's fucking Ellie, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said uh, Alice. Yeah. Okay. But it's, it, you know, one thing I will say is she gets credited with a lot of really <laughs> cool stuff. Uh, like, dude, the Mellotron uh, plays that and some string arrangements. So that's uh, that's pretty cool. Dude, you know what I just thought of? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you know, another, you know, where else they could have gotten the name for their band from? Where? Dude, <laughs> dude, Alice in Wonderland narrated by Wolf Blitzer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah. Oh, that is just fantastic. You know, while we're on the topic of names and credits, one thing that I like is um, Joff Adi or Odie is credited, the guitarist is credited with guitar, pianos, backing vocals, Glock, uh, program. And I'm like, is that the Glockenspiel? I. I'm assuming it's Glock, it's not Glock the nine. yeah I'm assuming it's not a Glock nine I don't recall any gunshots in the album but um, you know uh, perhaps if we were talking about another gem that came out in 2021 like A Gangsta's Pain by Moneybag Yo maybe that in that one somebody's actually credited with a Glock but it's possible who knows this one I'm gonna I'm gonna assume it was the Glockenspiel yeah. Yeah, probably. That would make sense. Uh, all right. Where are we at? All right. Last man on earth. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. So this, yeah. I believe, was written for the uh, as initially as the theme song for the TV show Last Man on Earth, starring Will Forte. <laughs> if you, dude, if you have not watched that show, it is incredible. It was on Fox, and I would definitely watch it. It's so good. I I have a hard time watching anything with Will Forte that's not MacGruber. Dude, it, there is so many incredible elements of MacGruber in that kind of. Yeah, I'm telling okay. you, you would love it. It's it's so it's so awesome. <laughs> oh, sweet. Okay. All right. Add it to my list. Um, so this one's oh, kind of so a slow burn until the end. It is. It is, dude. Um, I almost thought it would have been a good closer. Yeah. If if you heard. Um, the song by the moldy peaches that's in the Juno soundtrack. What's the name it's, of the song? I think it's called like anything for you. I think it's, um, gosh, I think that's what it's called. Anything for you. It's like, they, Oh, they, the, the, like the, the woman and the man go back and forth. Back. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. So the, her cadence and kind of how Reminds she sings that, that yeah. in the beginning, really like when I first heard that, I was like, Oh wait, okay, no, it's not. Yeah, not, that moldy peach. Really reminds me. I'm kind of torn on that moldy peaches song because I get how it's like cute and sweet and all that, but it kind of just is like, hey, I really liked we're gonna be friends by the or white stripes. So let's just go ahead and do that, but make it cheesier. <sighs> okay, I mean, now are you sure that we're gonna be friends came out first? No, but I'm sure that it's better. <laughs> I can't argue with that. Yeah. I can't. So I say we just move it on track ten. Yeah. No hard feelings. Okay. Um well this is one of those ones that um because uh, I think uh, the yeah, the previous one, Last Man on Earth, kind of started off with just simple with her vocals and they paired it with the piano. Now this one, No Hard Feelings, starts off and it's her vocals and they just kind of pair it with the guitar and it again you know, seems, or I'm sorry, uh, with the bass line. Mm-hmm. And um, then, uh, you know, then the song builds with, again, with a variety of instruments and stuff, but it's, they seem to do that, you know, uh, that's, that's kind of, I don't know if it's kind of like their hook or their theme, uh, but I really feel like that's, you know, one thing they do, but they, they showcase her vocals, man. Cause dude, her voice sounds awesome. So yeah. I, I think that's, um, I'm, you know, I'm all for that. Um, but there are some lyrics. What you giving me the look of a? Well, did you find something? Anyone else but you was released in two thousand one. Now it doesn't say when in two thousand one uh, it was released. Um, but then it was re released in two thousand eight. But we're gonna be friends was released late two thousand two. However, it was recorded in early two thousand one. So perhaps it was just like a concurrent idea that just spread throughout our collective consciousness. And it just happened to be that the white stripes did a lot better job. Exactly. Anyways, um, back to, but dude, there, there are some lyrics that I really like in this song and she sings, um, uh, the threads that, uh, kept us together. were already wearing thin. Yeah, that's uh, good. What, uh, would we ever have tied the knot? Um, uh, well, well, how long is a piece of string? I think that's just kind of cool. So I was like saying that, like, yeah, it's like, you know, if somebody asks you a question, it's like, I don't know how long is a piece of. Rope? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, come on, man. So 
Would you say that you find in terms of lyrical content and thematic bits throughout the songs, do you see a sort of recurring theme throughout the album? Mm. I don't know if I'd say a, uh, I guess no, not really, but I, I don't, it's weird. I don't pay attention to her lyrics quite as much as more just like the sound that it, that True. it makes. Cause I, I, cause I think of her voice as more of an instrument than well, that's exactly fair. what she's saying. Much like Yoko but, Ono. Um, yeah, exactly. but think about this. Okay. okay. You just told Dick me York. those Dick Sergeant. <laughs> Sergeant York. You just told me those lines from the song. Yes. Now, yes. without even thinking about other lines from the song, safe from heartache. If I never fall in love, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like well, there's sort of this, sure. this like... I think love is the central theme of almost every album ever created. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it, it almost kind of reminds me of uh, in just the idea of Blue Weekend. Like somebody... I, I kind of got the sense in one thing of it's like doing the same old thing. Um, kind of very reminded, very much reminded me of like a lot of the... What I would call the theme of like the Strokes first album which could be just be summed up in my opinion by the song is this it and that's kind of that's kind of what, what i get from this like that sentiment like like uh, you know okay well everything in my life has got to this point but t- this is it like yeah i mean who can relate to that <laughs> yeah uh, yeah 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 yeah, no, dude, I, I, there definitely is, I think, you know, a, a theme of sort of love and stuff like that. I mean, she definitely talks about um, some heartache, some of the songs, some heartache. Yes, um, definitely. You know, obviously she loves the beach. Yeah. So, so much that we, the first track is the beach and the last track is the sequel. Yeah, so. the beach too. I, I don't um, think it would have been terrible to put also to bring back the brackets and put the beach to the sequel. The sequel. <laughs> yeah. Beach harder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, anyways, dude, this, this song starts pretty slow. Um, it's got this interesting and I, I'm, I'm sure you picked up on it, but this interesting sort of buzzing sound, like it's like a guitar sound in the background. It almost sounds like a swarm of bees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did make some notes that, that it, it definitely gets more on the electronic side of things and there's a lot of noise um, and it's thick. Thick as a brick. Yeah, it almost, mm. uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, again, song mm. builds it's really full um and yeah they it's a it's a thing for them no i I like it i think they do it nicely oh yeah i would be interested to hear the um record store 2021 edition bonus track which is time is not a straight line a demo of that i don't know if that's on another album or if that's just something that they were working on and it didn't make the cut the japanese edition bonus track of a demo of smile i mean it was fine the first uh, yeah. time. I don't know that I. I mean, I mean, I guess if it's some sort of like really different, stripped down, like yeah. acoustic version, then okay. But I'm, I'm probably like, not going to order it. You know, as like an no. import. Just, just <laughs> <No>. to know. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. So, 
You'll probably find that on streaming too. Yeah. Anyways. Um, all right, Grim. What you scratching, my brother? Oh, I think you're up this time. Am I up? First, okay. what's your favorite? Uh, I mean, it's it's a toss-up between lipstick on the glass and smile, I think. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah, those are the ones. Um, I don't know. I kind of like them all. Oh, yeah. Well, we can't be that guy now. It's time to play the game. Bolton. So a big Michael Bolton. So fan. pull up your hatchet or whatever. This, al- Grim, this album is perfect. I wouldn't scratch it. <laughs> Don't be that guy. Don't be that yeah, guy. That's what Alice or girl too. or gal. Yeah. Or gal. Yeah. Uh, before the wolf ate her. Um, all right. So I am going to go ahead and scratch the sequel. The beach Two. Ah, um, just ended on no hard feelings. Actually, yeah, I kind of like that sentiment to end it on too. Yeah. Just kind of like, yeah. No hard feelings. I'm out. Yeah. Mic drop. Sharpie drop. Um, but really, uh, dude, the beach too. Um, song just doesn't do anything for me. And the, that, that sound that I'm describing as like the bees swarming, I, it kind of annoys me. Like, I just yeah. don't really like it. Um, and they kind of covered the thematic aspect of the beach, you know, in the beginning. They did. I mean, it felt like they wanted to bring it back because the title of the album was given like, there was this forest, I think, near the beach that she wanted to go to. And she said, oh, let's go to the forest or let's go to the beach on a blue weekend. And that's how it kind of came to be. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That just, just yeah, see, that's kind of cool, though. I mean, a lot, dude, Ringo had a lot of classic song and album names just by the things that would come out of his mouth, like A Hard Day's Night or Tomorrow Never Knows, for example. Yes. So. And those did. And those did pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Overall. <laughs> overall. Yeah. yeah. Considered classic. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what do you got for me? What you scratching? Um. I am going to scratch, and I'm waiting for it, but I'm going to scratch Smile. Oh, wow. You throwing wow. it out? What uh, the fuck uh, is that shit? Yeah, sure, I'll throw it out. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I can't, man. Uh, yeah. What What is it about it that you're just like, no? I understand the um, the bit about having a different sound and sort of it's a harder sound and it's all that but i just uh it, it's it just seems really predictable and sort of basic to me and and okay. the and i understand like the attitude and stuff in the lyrics i don't know it just seems kind of just a little cheesy to me I, I can't say why okay so but it it's not cheesy when they're like doing the claps and i I, dude, you bring up fair points. You bring up fair points, and I can't. Which I've I've learned to like love those parts. Yeah, you know I'm not I'm not. I don't know. It's just it's just you know how how some songs and and sometimes you can't always say why, but even even just the music can just rub you the wrong way. Sure. Yeah, that's why we have the Scratch a Truck podcast because sometimes presented by the Dude and Show and yeah and Coburn's Baby So um yeah it's just doesn't do it for me so that's yeah so that's what i'm scratching and why okay and i All accept right. your your comment yeah and speaking right, of folks. comments go ahead like and subscribe and comment, comment below, below. Comment below. And tell grim how can you scratch smile crazy man crazy 
Let us know your favorite tracks. Let us know what albums you would like us to scratch in the future. Should we take a look at and scratch Wolf Alice's previous two albums? Because I will fully admit, as much as I love this album, I have not gone backwards yet and and listened to their previous two. I That's should do that. That's interesting. You know, there's some bands where I'm like that with two, and, and then I go back and listen, and I'm like, eh. I'll just start here. <laughs> well, yeah, dude, recently I got a... a the Libertines first album and I really liked that album so much that I bought it on vinyl and then I went and listened to like their other stuff and I was just kind of like it's eh, not really for me yeah but that first one whew, go ahead and get up the bracket yeah boy alright coming soon to a well, scratch near you yeah Graham I think that about wraps it up here on the yeah. Scratch Track Podcast what do you say yep, yeah scratch you later alright folks scratch out Time to go. Scratch a track is produced by the dude and Grim. Additional music provided by Moore. That's dot 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 M O R E and the Tims T I M N Z. Copyright 2020. Two. The Dude and Grim Show.